0: Hello, my dearly beloved friends, and welcome back to another episode of Degenerates Drinking Coffee. First of all, thank you for your support and kind messages in reference to all the content that's been created so far. I'm pleased to announce that Jacob Goodman, the guy that runs Degenerates Playing Games, will also be my partner in the parent label, Degenerates LLC. That's right, we're going legitimate. So it's going to be the figurehead for the podcast, game streaming, and future projects soon to be announced. Our vision is to start a social media empire that cuts out the bullshit, the monotony that's so common in content today, and refuses to tiptoe around the truth, all without the heavy influence of advertising. Now, that's not to say that we're going to deny all sponsorships, but this isn't about making a quick buck to me. I've already denied sponsors and offers. Why? Because this shit is about making quality content, not preaching some PC stiff as a starch suit bullshit that needs to be approved by someone else. When it comes to the podcast, keep in mind, too, I'm not being paid to review the coffee or liquor in the show, but still tell you guys about it. You know, I feature a product, tell you guys my honest opinion, and don't make a single dime off that opinion because it's something, you know, I'm passionate about and I want you to benefit from. Uh, All I ask is that you, if you like the podcast and want to see it grow... Uh, you know, share an episode. Tell a friend. If if I covered a topic that you found interesting, or there was a specific episode that made you laugh, share this shit with someone. All right, let's let's grow this fucking family. Side note: Let's give a temporary farewell to uh, one of the players on the Degenerates Playing Games team. His gamer tag was Backseat Abortion. Uh, he got reported for his name. Hopefully not by one of our viewers, but received a ban and will hopefully be back soon. Like I said last episode, if everyone likes what you're doing, then you aren't doing anything worth truly loving. Uh, Don't don't worry though, the team is pretty big and this won't slow down content creation. Now, we have a lot to cover today, so I'm going to make this review pretty quick and to the point. First up, what coffee are we drinking? Well, you guys have asked me to review this a few times, so I went ahead and snagged a bag of Death Wish Coffee Company's Whole Bean Coffee. They have a big fuck-off label that says, warning, the world's strongest coffee on the bag, so obviously I had to try it. They state that their bags are highly caffeinated, fair trade, USDA organic, dark roast with a bold flavor. So, pretty fucking cool background. But some of the highlights I found were that it was founded in 2012 in Saratoga Springs, New York, by founder Mike Brown. They will give you a 100% refund if the coffee isn't the strongest you've ever tried, Sponsor New York Comic Con have dabbled in NASCAR sponsorships and, and this is a pretty cool one, sent an instant freeze dried blend of Death Wish to the International Space Station to fuel the crew of NASA Expedition 56. So sick background, cool story, intimidating name. Let's fucking try this shit. Oh yeah. All right. Yep. That is a dark roast if I've ever had one. Man, but it is good. I'll give it that. I don't like dark roast at all, but that is good. That's one of those wake up in the morning with a hard dick cup of coffees, if you know what I'm saying. So, all right, well, hopefully I don't shit my Hello Kitty panties after trying that, and let's move on to the liquor. What we have this week is a pretty intimidating stainless steel canister of Stillhouse Black Bourbon. Which, according to the company, is blended bourbon, whiskey, mellowed in coffee beans. They blend corn, rye, and limestone water, barrel it in charred American oak, charcoal filter it, and then rest the concoction in roasted small batch coffee beans. Fuck. Now that... Sounds like a great fucking bourbon to me. The winner of this week's bottle is a real deal killer and door kicking infantryman who we will call Jose. All right. This guy is a completely yak degenerate, has multiple combat deployments under his belt, former pipe hitter in a scout platoon, and now probably the scariest drill sergeant young infantrymen will face in their attempt to obtain the coveted blood rifles and blue cord, which are signature marks of those hard enough to become part of the army infantry. This is what he had to say. I don't really know shit about fuck, but this bourbon is smooth as fuck. Probably as smooth as my ex-girlfriend convincing me she wasn't at her side dude's house at 9 October, when I unexpectedly showed up to her place, where she said she was, but she wasn't. I would describe it as delicate and light, with an aftertaste of some sort of oak. I'm not sure why, but it is what it is. I had it neat, and then with coke, because fuck you, that's why. I will say, mixing this bourbon feels wronger than two boys fucking in church. I would lean towards consuming this neat not only because it's light, but because the aroma is pleasant on the old snout. 4.5 stars out of 5, only because I need a copious amount of it to get a buzz, but that could just be because of the tolerance I've attained from years of dealing with my trauma. The container is cool too, lol." That's that's fucking fantastic. And the best part, he wrote his review after crushing the bottle, so for that, thank you for your service, Jose. You are without a doubt one of the coolest skull-crushing motherfuckers I've met, Know how to truly punish your liver, and I'm glad to have you review this unique bottle of bourbon on the show. Uh, If you want a free bottle, keep an eye on that Instagram page at Degenerate Drinking Coffee. All you have to do is be the first to DM me saying you want it when I post a picture of the weekly coffee and liquor, be over the age of 21, and live between Atlanta and Columbus, Georgia. All right, so... Now that we've had something to wet our whistles let's get into it man i'm excited i'm hyped this coffee obviously has a really high caffeine content but anyway uh many of you know i'm sober now and during my time in denver i was doing a lot of hiking and exploring but you know i still went to parties and uh, met some truly fantastic degenerates seriously these people embody the word and do a great honor to our cause of fucking shit up and living like there's no tomorrow I spent a good deal of time really just seeing how they lived and how hard such genuinely nice people went on any given day of the week. One great thing about going to parties sober was, you know, I got to notice the, uh, the shit other people are too fucked up to take into account, which makes me admire the degenerate spirit. Not that I didn't before, but, you know, situations like this make me admire it even more. Uh, here's an example of one of the things I noticed when I was there. Okay, so have you ever noticed how some people are happy drunks? Well, going to parties sober, you really get to uh, notice that positive energy and experience it for fucking hours. Like, the 15th time a person hugs you and says how great it is to see you, it's like they're greeting you for the first time with no recollection of doing it before. Think of any cliche drunk scene in a movie where it's just two bros just saying, like, Hey man, I love you, dude. Like, for real. Like, you're my fucking bro. No shit. Like, listen, I love you, man. And you have a pretty accurate picture of what I'm talking about. Uh, It's pretty amusing to me how the three Fs of drinking come into play. What are the three Fs, Nick? You might be wondering. Well, I have a theory that there are three types of actions that result from drinking. And they vary by person, but, you know, they're as follows. Fucking, fighting, and being friendly. I don't think that's far off. And challenge you to challenge my theory. Go to a bar sober. And I promise... You will find the person who just wants to fuck, the guy or gal who wants to fight, and the friendly individual who just wants to give you a hug and let you know, hey man, you're pretty fucking cool. Now, I also notice people in relationships are kind of alienated at parties, and here's what I mean by that. If someone is at a party without their significant other and makes it known that they are in a relationship, they're generally avoided by specific people. One of my buddies brought this up, and I thought it was an interesting concept. You know, He said, Nick, think about it like this. Dudes with girlfriends don't say they have girlfriends because as soon as they do, girls are just not going to talk to them or even acknowledge them the whole night. You basically won't be talked to by the opposite sex at all. Same with like a dude talking to a chick and she says, yeah, my boyfriend plays for the Nuggets. Like, okay, fuck. Well, no point in talking to you because A, you're taken and B, your expectation of entertainment is obviously higher than what I can provide. I don't know, man. I like I had to admit he had a pretty valid point. I guess maybe, you know, just maybe we as human beings intentionally avoid those in relationships because we don't trust their actions or maybe we just don't trust our own actions. You know, feel free to send me a message about what you think about this matter because I'm interested to see, you know, what the female point of view on this one is. Next observation, the drug culture in Denver is very much alive and well. All the fun ones, of course. You know, weed is legal, shrimps are decriminalized, blow is as abundant as the snow there in the winter. But the one thing I noticed people are also using is something that I thought died in 90s rave culture, a little thing called ecstasy. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Nick, Molly is popular as fuck, or dude Rick Ross literally has a song about using it in a girl's champagne and her not even knowing it. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these little colorful pills with fun little prints on them that are significantly different from the capsules you see at raves. Oddly enough, I'd never seen them before, so of course I had to figure out why and how these pressed pills were preferred over the white crystalline capsules I had seen at raves growing up. The following is a Vice article, which I think had some pretty great insights on the matter. The writer stated that, by 2010 though I was around party drugs most of the time, no one I came into contact with within multiple cities across Northeast, US, or Canada was doing colorful pressed e-pills anymore or even able to find them. Suddenly we were all after something else, MDMA capsules. By that time, the sentiments of 90s rave culture, the neon, the glow sticks, the faux fur, had changed hands as the original raver audience grew up. Emerging genres such as deep house skewed more to the mature side, contributing to the altering of dance music culture overall. Somewhere along the way, the form of drugs consumed at parties changed too. He goes on to say that the MDMA capsules are a bit different from the E pills in a few ways. The most obvious differentiation is the appearance. Press pills of E are typically colored ones that can come in different shapes and with logos printed on them. What people call M, or if they're awful, Molly, is generally whiter tan powder or crystal contained in a clear gel capsule. The first type, press pill, are a bit more complicated to make and require specific expensive equipment like a press, not something that would be easy to get before purchasing items on the internet was so common. For the former type, if you've gotten your MDMA from the internet or another source, gel capsules to put your M in are easy enough to get at head shops or in your average drugstores. Both types are supposed to contain MDMA, not that it's always that way, but uh, e-pills are not marketed as pure MDMA. They're generally accepted that they have at least one other drug in them, such as Speed, where M capsules are advertised as more pure. So to get to the point of this, you know, I kept I kept reading, and then I finally saw it. All right, so the Vice article says that according to a former e-dealer in British Columbia who also noticed the change, by moving toward powdered caps, they took the branding away, which helped shittier M make it to market to be sold. The pressing of pills takes too much time and energy. If a producer can get the same amount for powder as a pill, why waste time to press into a pill? So there you have it, degenerates. Ecstasy is no longer the same shit some of you were popping while dancing to early trance and techno music because of the simple fact that it's harder to make and the powdered form in capsules are now accepted as cleaner. Of course, taking anything comes with risks, and unless you've actually seen your dealer or supplier make the product, you really don't have a fucking clue what you're getting. Alright, so while we're on the subject of getting high, let's move on to the highest place you can go, outer space, aliens, and UFOs. Alright, so according to the Pentagon, unidentified flying objects are now being accepted as a real possibility and have been assigned a special task force to observe and report their findings. Recently, those findings were released to the general public. Seven days ago, Fox released a story with the headline, With Pentagon UFO unit in the spotlight, report mentions off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Now, that is one catchy fucking title, but I'll admit I'm not entirely convinced. What I want to do is comb through this story with you guys and decide if this report is even worth considering. Fox stated that a long-hidden UFO investigative unit within the Pentagon will make some of its findings public, according to a New York Times report. The unit, which is now part of the Office of Naval Intelligence, has spent over a decade discussing mysterious events and classified briefings, according to the news outlet. A government contractor told the Times that he gave a classified briefing to the Department of Defense in March describing retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force of the Office of Naval Intelligence was described in a Senate Intelligence Committee report last month. The unit standardizes collection and reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena any links they have to adversarial foreign governments and the threat they pose to US military assets and installations, a report said. Okay, so basically the Pentagon is admitting there may be some kind of life outside our planet, which you have to admit is pretty fucking bizarre. On top of that, they're even considering that some vehicles are not of this world, which is strange considering they could just be stealth aircraft being tested by other countries. However, I did air assault operations and got around on my little Lamborghinis when I worked for the government, so I'm not that well versed in the capabilities of fixed wing aircraft or anything like that. I will say though, the videos released by the Pentagon of the spaceships or unidentified aerial phenomena, also known as a UAP, are pretty fucking strange. You know, they show IR footage of objects flying seamlessly, effortlessly through the air using no visible wings or propellers to move forward. Now, none of this footage is new, and that's what I believe is making this issue such a big deal. We're literally seeing old declassified videos. There's no telling what else is still classified, you know? So I dug around and concluded that Wikipedia would be just as good a source as any to get a a head start finding out the who, what, where, when, and why of this situation. This is what I discovered. The Pentagon UFO videos are selected visual recordings of cockpit instrumentation displays from United States Navy fighter jets based aboard carriers USS Nimitz and USS Theodore Roosevelt in 2004, 2014, and 2015. The three videos, widely characterized as officially documenting UFOs, were the subject of extensive coverage in mainstream media in 2017 and later declassified by the Pentagon in 2020. So... With all this being said, what's going to happen now? Well, Fox News went on to report a statement by a spokesperson for the DOD who said, "...the Department of Defense does not publicly discuss the details of either the observations or examination of reported incursions into its training ranges or designated airspace, including incursions initially designated as UAP." Regarding the task force mentioned in the article, I can say the department is creating a task force to gain knowledge and insight into the nature and origins of UAPs, as well as their operations, capabilities, performance, and or signatures, she added. The mission of the task force will be to detect, analyze, catalog, consolidate, and exploit non-traditional aerospace vehicles, slash UAPs, posing an operational threat to the U.S. national security and avoid strategic surprise. So there you have it, folks. Daddy government is hard at work finding out where ET is. And when they do, you can rest assured that you will be the last to know. However, I don't blame them for that. We are still, you know, freaking out over the idea that people have different beliefs. So maybe we aren't ready to meet aliens. I can, I can just see now one of you being offended because old Marvin the Martian doesn't refer to you by your preferred pronoun and spends their free time doing interstellar travel instead of rioting. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. I had one more topic to cover, but I think I'll just save that for the next episode. I can't just go, you know, shooting my load all at once. You know, that's, that's just bad form. As previously mentioned, the parent label of the podcast, Degenerates LLC, has been established. We were formerly Degenerates Inc., but after company stuff and grown-up talk with my business partner, decided to change our business model. So our website is degeneratesltd.com. Again, that's degeneratesltd.com, so degenerateslimited.com. Head over there, and through there, you can see the links to like literally anything associated with degenerates uh by the end of august the online store should be up and we will slowly be adding some pretty sick merch like stickers and shirts and stuff if you want to show off your uh, favorite podcast or game streaming host uh, if you don't know where to find this podcast i'm honestly impressed you're listening to me now it's uh anchor.fm backslash degenerates drinking coffee they host the podcast and if you go there It also shows additional platforms this podcast is available on, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. So once again... I'm so grateful for your support, guys. You know, like, seriously, I, I really am. And if you want to, go ahead and share this podcast if you want to see it grow. And I promise, over time, the Degenerate family will be larger than any of those other podcasts that are too afraid to say what, you know, is truly on their fucking minds. So thanks again, you beautiful motherfuckers. I will catch you next time on Degenerate Drinking Coffee.